this thing on? Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. This no-holds-barred conversation happens every Tuesday with new guest experts, raw conversations, and real tips for lasting change for your mind, body, your business, and your marketing. So grab your cocktail and let's dive in. Ryan, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? I'm actually drinking Diet Dr. Pepper today. Nothing exciting. Ooh, I'm on my third glass of champagne. I'm so excited about that. It makes me so happy. You're like, oh, she's going to be real loose, loosey-goosey over here. You can tell. If, okay. This podcast that I did before you, like sequence before you, you're probably going to hear like one week. Okay, really? Whatever. Next week, a little more flowy. And this one, I'm going to be like, no holds bar. Like, let's just dive into it. So this is going to be fun. I'm excited. So Ryan, for the people who don't know you, can you give us a little bit of your background, how you got here, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Ryan Dowdy. I am the leader of a community called Be In The Room, which is a leadership collective for high achieving women. I had a 15 year corporate career in sales. I'd like to say that I retired from the corporate world to become a full-time entrepreneur in 2019. Spent, I guess, a solid three years teaching sales first to entrepreneurs and then built a sales training organization with a business partner. Burned every Everything to the ground in the fourth quarter of 2021 and did like a major reinvention and some soul searching and, you know, a really wild spiritual journey that led me to building a space to bring together smart, high achieving, successful women to have open and honest and vulnerable conversations that don't feel comfortable to have elsewhere. Ooh, I love that. That space is needed because entrepreneurship is so freaking lonely. Like, Amen. like leadership when, in general. Yeah. Like when you first start, let's start there. Like when you first start entrepreneurship, like there's no, it's like having a kid. Like nobody tells you here's step one, two, three, four. If they do, they're just reverse engineering what worked for them, but that doesn't mean it will work for you. Mm-hmm. So I love that you created this space, especially for leaders, like the thought leaders, the people who are really like standing up and know who the fuck they are. Like right. you're, you created that space for them where they can be in this community of high level entrepreneurs that they just get it. They understand what it's like to have the limiting beliefs, the doubt, it's the imposter syndrome, the, the things that all of us have, mm-hmm. but don't want to talk about. Right. And, and actually what we've done that's a little bit different is we've brought in employees too. So we brought in leaders in the corporate space as well, because what I realized is again, there's a lot of really smart women who prefer to have jobs for a million different reasons that add so much value to our lives as entrepreneurs, but also as entrepreneurs, our kind of zaniness, our you know third glass of champagne on a Tuesday afternoon, like that energy is really needed in corporate as much as like their structure and innovation and you know oftentimes you know foresight that they have in the corporate world. So we've actually brought together it's it's more about I say it's it's not so much a demographic we're bringing together, it's a psychographic. So we say that our mission is to create a movement of women who rebel against the status quo and build a life of success on their own terms. And I don't really care what your job title is. Like, I don't care what you do for a living. Like, are you a badass? Are you smart? Are you tired of being told what success looks like and what you have to do to get it? And if so, this is a space for you. Mm, I love that. That, that honestly, that feels so freeing. Like just hearing you say that I'm like, huh? (laughs) Right. Okay. So one thing that you said that really stuck out to me when you were giving me your little intro was that in 2019, you left corporate, you built your, built your brand. And then in 2021, you burnt it all to the ground. Yeah. So I'm wondering during COVID in 2020, when everybody shut down and was like, Oh, I, well, this is me. I was like, I can't sell. People are losing their jobs, whatever. Like, how did that look like for you? Genuinely curious. My business went like we forex our business from 2019 to 
2020 and then doubled it again from 2020 to 2021. I teach sales. I teach business growth. So I was in the right place at the right time of people who were like, I finally have time to start that business. I finally realized that the, the job that I thought was secure and safe isn't anymore. So I was really well-placed and well-timed to be in a space where people were like, hell yeah, I'm all in on this business idea. So I helped first individuals. And then when we launched the second company with a partner, that was when everybody's business did go from, you know, six figures to, you know, multiple seven figures. And then they were, they were building teams and they needed house training teams. So I was such a right place, right time space, Alexi, that it was like, it changed my entire life. Wow. That that's really incredible. And honestly, just hearing that, I hope you're listening and you're like, Ooh, this recession is coming that you hear what Ryan just said. And yeah. that during COVID where the whole world was locked down, she for extra business. Yeah. Okay. So why did you burn it down at the end of 2021? Like what was the pivotal moment? Values misalignment. So story is I had my own business, decided to start the second business with a partner. She was going to run her business. I was going to run mine. This secondary business was going to be a, a team thing. It wound up blowing up in the best way possible and somebody needed to run it. And when she came to me and she said, Hey, you know, are you willing to step in and do this? I saw it as an opportunity for bigger impact. Right. So when I was just serving entrepreneurs, I had kind of backed myself into a corner, whereas training sales teams, allowed me to access a lot more people, make a bigger impact. I really love the idea of women in sales, changing organizations and sales culture in general is a hot button of mine. So I saw it as an opportunity to step into that next level. And while the business is wildly successful, I was literally the other day, I was talking to somebody, I'm like, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I was a cliche. Like I was the person who was successful on paper and hated my life. I had a team of eight. I felt stressed out all of the time. I had that moment of like, I'm just going to get a job because at least I can leave, right? Like when that's yours, you can't leave. You, you, there's no going away. There's no quitting. It's yours. And so this, the responsibility of this giant team and just some real values misalignment with my partner led me to do just a lot of soul searching. And I learned that I really, really, really love sales, but what I love more than anything is connection and creating safe spaces for women. And I truly believe that my purpose is to show women that they have a choice, right? We have choices, whether it's to have a job or to run a business to, you know, build a seven figure empire or run a lifestyle business from home, whether to retire a spouse or not, you know, we have those choices. And so I wanted to, again, widen my impact. And so I decided instead of niching all the way down into just one piece, I wanted to create this community and bring together smart women and be the facilitator of conversations instead of the guru who has all the answers. And I just got really tired of being the guru and like running through Q and A calls on zoom. And I just got burned out. And it was like, what, what can I do all day? And it's have conversations like this, right. And be like, Ooh, Alexi, you need to meet so-and-so or, Oh my gosh, the next person you need to have a conversation. Like that is my, that is just like nothing lights my soul on fire more than that. Oh, I love that. You're, you're a connector at heart. Yeah. So I feel like I'm a connector also. So this, this really aligned. <laughs> okay. So one thing that you said was that sales is your jam, right? So what for the people who hear sales and their mind immediately goes red flags, car salesman, sleazy, scammy. What do you have to say to those people? Oh, my friend, this is actually one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to sales. Our relationship with sales is a direct reflection of how much money we will be able to make in our businesses period end of, right? Nothing happens. I don't know who said this. It might've been Zig Ziglar. I could be wrong, but like nothing, it, nothing happens in business until a sale is made, right? Everything between you and your goals, your income goals, your lifestyle goals, whatever your business is tied to is, is really tied to your ability to repair that relationship with sales. So what we need to do is, is re, you know, kind of re-script what sales means to you. And so the definition of sales, if you go to Google and you type in sales, it is the exchange of a product or service for money, period. The exchange of a product 
after service for money, which is good news for those of you that have all the red flags, car salesmen, sleazy, yucky, pushy, gross, whatever that comes to mind for you, because it means all of that is a story you're telling yourself. It's all in your head, which means you can absolutely rescript it. Boom. Okay. Well, that's the end of the podcast. So thank you. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. So the people that have those thoughts, yeah, obviously they're telling themselves a story. We've established that now. So what is your top piece of advice for them to start rewriting that narrative? How to change absolutely. that story? So what I usually recommend, I've given literally thousands of people this advice is to take a piece of paper. I'm a, I'm a lefty. So I work with a clipboard and I have no big paper that y'all can't see because we're on a podcast and write the word sales on the top of that piece of paper and write down every single thing that comes to mind, right? That time somebody talked you into something that you didn't like, that time that you bought something that you didn't want to, that DM that you got that felt yucky, write it all down and then really start to dissect where does the story come from? I learned in doing this exercise that my story comes from, and I'm going to age myself right now. I grew up in the world of telemarketing, right? When people would actually call your house, like, you know, the landline in the middle of dinner. And I remember like my dad being like, those damn telemarketers, right? Like it goes back to, I'm like a 16 year old in this moment where that was bad, right? Interruption was bad. Sales was bad. And so I had to take it all the way back there and be like, but why? But why? Because they called in the middle of dinner, like, hell, now we all sit around dinner tables with our phones in our hands. Like, and we're mad about somebody calling in the middle of dinner. Like, let's, let's not be crazy. But so really figuring out where does that story come from? What about it makes you uncomfortable? And then I think sometimes just knowing where that came from. Oh, that was that one time that we went to buy a car and the salesman was so pushy and it was so uncomfortable. And my husband and I got in this terrible fight because he wanted one thing and I wanted another and the sales, you know, just figure out what your story is. I find is always really helpful because you're like, oh, that's where that comes from. And then my two favorite, like kind of starter thoughts is selling is helping and selling is serving, right? Because we cannot serve anybody until we sell them something, right? The best way to help somebody is to sell them your services or your product or whatever it is that you do. And when you can get to that space and you think, how does the product or the service or the thing that I do in my business serve this other person? Like what is the result that they get? How is their life better? How is their business better? And start writing that story. Oh, I love that. I freaking love that. I love that you went to the root of it instead of just like, just change your thought process. It's like, no, but this is how you change your thought process. Go back to the root of it, mm-hmm. put the facts to the root and then be like, I'm done with that. I'm rewriting my new narrative. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. So when you said about you can't serve until you sell. Yep. So I know there's people because I'm one of them who I would do everything I do now for free, but I have mouths to feed. I have greater visions and I know that when money comes in, I'm able to amplify my voice in bigger ways. But for the people who are still, you know, when we get stuck in the mindset of like, well, I feel bad asking for money. Sure. What do you have to say to those people? Yeah. So the good news is, is that like you're on the right path when you would do what you were doing for free. The reason you don't do what you're doing for free is because when you give it to people for free, they don't value it. Ooh, boom. (laughs) Boom. Right? Like there's the whole, you've heard the story a million times of like lottery winners are typically bankrupt, worse off financially than they were when they, you know, when they, they won the money, right? Within like three to five years, I think the data says, right? It's because of the identity shift that they have to make, right? Most information, most of what we do as, as online service-based entrepreneurs can be found in a book. I wrote one for the record. You can go read my book. It will tell you everything you need to know about sales. But most people, if we could just read a book and implement, like the world would look so different, right? If we didn't have all the stories that we tell ourselves and everything else, like the world would be such a different place. So the reason that we charge for our services is because there has to be an exchange of value because that's what people see value in right? 
So it's, it's that energetic exchange of money is what makes what you do even more powerful to that person who was willing to invest in it, right? It's the whole idea of like, we, we could give our stuff away for free. You can let somebody go through your course for free, your program for free. You can do their marketing for free and they're going to complain and they're going to tell you it's mediocre. Whereas the person who's paying you like top dollars for it is the one who's going to love it. It's the energetic exchange, Ooh. right? And so, and then also to the second part of your question, which was, you know, what do we do with this whole money story that we have? Like nobody's giving you money. You are giving them a service. It's an exchange right? We're not taking anybody's money. Nobody's giving me their money. They are investing in a result. Ooh, boom, right there. Ryan, I am going to give you a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> a standing ovation for that because that that is huge. Yeah. That literally that's huge. Like a lot of times when I speak for other people, it's a lot of like myself, like my thought process. I've been there. Like I know how it is. Yeah. I, I know that feeling of like when, when somebody messaged me and they're like, you're really trying hard to sell this. And I'm like, well, duh, like <laughs> I have a business, you know, but it's uncomfortable. People who aren't in that situation or circumstance where they're actually, you know, running a business and trying to make it profitable. Like they don't understand what it's like to try to sell. So I love the way you broke it down, how it's like, it's, not this sleazy, slimy, scaly car salesman thing. Like sales is, it's, it's not also just a transaction. Like you're serving and people are investing in your service. Right. So I love the way you phrased that. Thank you. So there's a, there's a couple different ways we can look at that too. That might be helpful. So like we all want a return on investment, right? An ROI, but like the key to getting a return on investment is you have to invest first. Ooh, oh, there's right? one standing over. Right? Like you, <laughs> you don't like the, the stock market doesn't just start paying you dividends. Like you have to give them your money first, right? You have to exchange when you buy a house, you know, you don't just get the equity out of your house until you've invested in it. Right. So when we really think about what, what we do as business owners, at least if you're in the business to business space, and actually, even if you're in the business to consumer space as well, is like seeing that as, as an investment. And then when I've also found that whenever anybody gets their feelings hurt about being sold to, or somebody talking about selling or somebody selling at an inappropriate time. We've all been judged by those people. I always like to just think that nobody who was more successful than you is criticizing you. I forget who said that. And I butchered that a little bit. It's not an original thought, but it was such a good reminder for me that anybody, like there's always those people on social media that like want to tell you, I hate when such and such does. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, why don't you just say, I don't make any money and walk away? Because that's really what you're saying. Nobody who is successful is criticizing other people's way of being successful. They might not like it. There's plenty of things that happen in like online entrepreneur land. I'm not a fan of, but I'm not criticizing it because I don't have time because I'm too busy running a successful business and living a life that I love. Yes. It's like stay in your own lane, Elaine. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's just such, uh, it's just such an important thing to think about. And then there's, there's two ways also to make sure that selling never feels sleazy. I say there's two ways is one, we never pitch without permission, right? Okay. Nobody should ever be surprised to be in a sales conversation, right? The reason that sales probably feels sleazy to you is somebody tried to sell you something without your permission. Right. And we used to tease our poor MLM friends. And I know we're all doing the best we can with what we have on the like, Hey girl messages where they were trying to sell you skincare when they had no idea if you needed skincare or if you wanted skincare. Right. So you know, I'm not mad that you're trying to sell skincare, but like figure out if I need it before you try to sell it to me. Right. So for me, it's like, we don't sell without permission. And then no is it is a complete sentence and it is, it is an answer to a question. And so take the no. And there's so many sales trainers that are like, don't take the first no. And to me, when somebody says, no, thank you, that is, that is a no, right? If somebody is like, well, I'm not sure I don't have time right now. 
that's not a no. So that's what I'm clarifying. Well, do you want me to circle back with you in a couple of weeks and see how things are going? Because you didn't say no. If you say no, I'll go away all day, every day, as we all should. But if you refuse to make a decision or you him and yaha, or you're like, well, I don't know, or you tell me you can't afford it, or you tell me you need to think about it, or you tell me you need more time, that's not a no. So yes, of course, I'm going to try to overcome that objection. But if you tell me no, no is a no. Like own your no, be okay with your no. So if you really honor those two things, you can never be sleazy or salesy or pushy. Hey, don't mean to interrupt. It's going to be really quick, but we have a message from our sponsors. By the way, hope you love what you're hearing so far. Now from our sponsor. Hey, it's Alexi McKinley. I'm your host of this podcast and also the sponsor of this podcast because I own UpWest Social and PR. For all my business owners out there, are you looking to grow your brand, expand your reach, become the number one top trusted source in your industry and continually have a funnel of new clients to work with? If you said yes to any of these questions, it's time you join the Be Your Own Publicist program, or as I like to call it, BYOP. This is an eight-week hybrid program where you will learn the ins and outs of doing your own PR, essentially becoming your own publicist. For more information or to join, hit the link in the show notes below. Now back to our scheduled programming. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm, I'm ready to go slide into the DMs. <laughs> I'm so excited. You'll have to message me later and tell me how much money you make in the next 48 hours. Yeah. Right. But okay. You guys, I have to give you a little context. So Ryan has been, she's been in my DMs about joining her community, which is called be in the room. Right. And she explained to me that it is a place for high level entrepreneurial women yep. to gather. And she gave me a form to fill out. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll look at this. And then I, I didn't. And then she sent me, she followed up with me. And this is another good thing about sales. She follows up, which is something that you should do in sales, I think. But then she followed up with me like, Hey, well, like what about the Facebook group? So she gave me a different route to go rather than being like, did you look at the form? Did you look at the form? She was like, well, how about this instead? And she just invited me straight to the Facebook group. And then we, it turns out we were already scheduled for this podcast. But now after talking to her, I'm like, I am going to fill out this fucking form. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. No, but seriously, like you just broke down sales in a way that is so tangible that like anybody could do it. Like anybody can do it. It does not have to be sleazy. It does not have to be scammy. I love that you put in the sales boundaries in there because I think that's what's lacking with the cliche typical mindset of that car salesman. Mm -hmm. I remember when I, so I bought my first car, I saved up like three grand for my first car when I was 16 and I went to the dealership and I got this piece of shit Toyota Tercel that (laughs) had sun paint damage and it squealed (laughs) so loud but I remember the car salesman so pushy smelled like cigarettes just like just it like that your typical taste of what that would be like that's what it was so when I say like the sleazy salesy car salesman that's my thought process of what that looks like so I just wanted to bring that out forefront and center because I know if I feel it someone else does I know I know that there's a bad reputation for sales and MLMs and people like that but honestly the way you broke that down I was like I feel like I have all the tools to go sell <laughs> but it doesn't have to feel bad it ha- like no. you make it feel empowering and you make it sure. feel fun and like more like a connection conversation mm-hmm. one thing that you said that stood out to me that I wrote down was sales culture so mm-hmm. what does sales culture 
mean? It's everything you just described, right? Like in, in, so I played in the corporate world for 15 years and, you know, it was a very, I've worked for companies where it was very like churn and burn and like hit your numbers and you're out. And like, we've created a culture where sales is pushy because companies are putting so much pressure on their salespeople to perform without the tools that they need to be successful. And so that's, what's created this really trashy sales culture. So even the poor car salesman who's shoving the car down your throat, almost always that's coming at pressure from above of a culture that was created like win or die, right? Like, and this is, I'm going to, I'm going to totally hate on all the bro marketers right now. So are you ready? Listen, there are companies out there called sales sniper and chat assassins and like all this other stuff. Like who the fuck wants to assassinate their prospects? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't want to kill anybody. I just want to help people, man. Like, I just want to, just want to have some fun and make some money and do cool stuff in the world. But like, to me, that sales call, like when somebody has the balls to name their company, chat assassins. And I know the guy who runs the company is actually the nicest man in the world. And I'm like, can we rethink this? But anyway, like that's that sales culture that I think feeds, like it's the, the boiler rooms, the Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross, like it's that really it, the Wolf of Wall Street culture, the sell me this pen bullshit. Like that's what I mean about sales culture being broken. And I think that sales is such a powerful career for, for men and for women. I think it's an amazing way to make a lot of money without being an entrepreneur. And I know that because I did it right. So if you're pretty risk adverse, but you like cash, it's a great way to do it. And I also think that, you know, it's just a really cool career that allows you to excel very quickly instead of, you know, climbing the corporate ladder with your 3% raise every year. So I love sales and I love it as a career for other people. Um, and it was my career until I left. Right. And hell, let's not kid. We're entrepreneurs. We're all in sales. It will be my career forever. So that's what I mean by sales culture and how broken it is and how I would really love to have an impact in changing that. I love that. I love that that's your mission. And you could totally feel that like in this conversation that we're having, you can feel the fact that you're not that bro marketer who wants to literally annihilate (laughs) their prospects. Like I feel from you this like care and this nurture and genuinely genuine drive to help people succeed and get to their next level, whatever that looks like for them. And it's different for everybody. Like I remember when I first started my company, I was doing, well, okay. So I left my corporate job after I had my first son. And I remember finding a guy on YouTube who talks about how you can run your own ad agency. And so I bought his course for a thousand dollars. I was like, Riley, my husband, I was like, this is what's, what it's going to be. This is how it's going to like, our life is going to change. And so I was watching, you know, the videos in the course and he helped me so much with like just getting all my ducks in a row, but the sales tactics, I'm like, that's not me. Like I, I physically cannot be super pushy to people, but the way that I am to people when I sell is very enthusiastic and passionate. Like I will only sell you something if I 100% believe in it, or I'm super passionate about it. And you could feel it in my voice. Absolutely. And to that point, I feel like we're all, all of us are salespeople. If you, if you work in corporate and you're like, Hey, you want to go to this new wine bar? It's like really cool down the street. Like you're selling that wine bar to your friend. Right. You lead a team of people, you convince your toddlers to eat vegetables. You train your husband to take the trash out sales, sales, sales. Uh Uh-huh. And I truly think we, because of the people that have, it's like with everything, the people who abuse it, that's what gives it a bad name. But I love that we're having this conversation because it's showing like, it does not have to be sleazy. It does not have to be scammy. It does not have to be anything, but I genuinely want to help you. Mm -hmm. We've talked about your need already. I've seen where I can come in and help. Do you want to have a conversation about it? It just seems so easy. (laughs) 
it is, right? The only thing holding us back is all the stories, right? It's the fear of judgment of the other person. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? And I also want to want you all to realize this, that like that never goes away, right? Like in my conversation, in the outreach I'm doing on Instagram and the conversation that Alexia and I are having in the DMs over there, they're still not the like, oh my gosh, what is she going to think? And then I realized as we were talking about before we hit record that we had this on the, the calendar and we decided that all people should have the same screen name across all platforms. So we know who we're talking to where for the record, but you know what I'm saying? And then I have like embarrassed moment of like, oh shit, like I'm a girl in her DMs and then we're going to have this podcast. And what is she going to think of me? Like that doesn't go away. Okay. So if you're waiting for that to go away, to take action, don't. The difference is, is whether or not you let it drive, right? The fear is always there. The anxiety is always there. The, oh my God, what are they going to think? What if they tell me no? What if they tell me to go fly a kite? What if they tell me to F off? All of that fear exists. It's just, I can't let it drive. I can't let the fear be bigger than what I know my mission is, which is to connect with other smart, successful women and put them all in a room together and change the world, Um, change the world of business, change the world of sales, change the world of entrepreneurship. I know that that's my mission and I can let fear drive and I can stay safe and I can, you know, go get a job or I can do scary things, which is what entrepreneurship is as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, if there's no risk, there's no reward. And that's honestly something that I've been thinking about lately and realistically, like between you and I and everybody that's listening, (laughs) my husband, he worked for his city job. And at this point I had been in entrepreneurship for a year, year and a half. And I was like, listen, Riley, there is, this is so different. Like I make my own schedule. I take whatever time off. Like I don't have to ask the boss. I don't have to do any of the shit, but the sales part was always hard for me. But once I kind of got over that and realized like my sales is me passionately talking about things, not trying to like push people. Like you have to buy. Cause I don't give a fuck if you buy, like if you don't want to buy, that's fine. I'll move on. Like the next person, there's somebody that wants to buy for me. Okay. Okay. Who who wants my services? Who wants me in their corner? Who wants, you know, who wants me? But when I was talking to him, I really had to shift this perspective with him of like, listen, there is limited time in the world. And the number one thing that you can purchase is time. And when you are working for your nine to five job where you go Monday through Friday, and hopefully by the time you retire, you make six figures and you have a good built up retirement, like you're 65, maybe even 72 at the rate we're going and you have creaky bones and you've only got two weeks vacation for your whole life. And you have to ask your boss every time you want to do something. I'm like, there's so much more to life than this, but there's so much risk in entrepreneurship, but that's because the reward is so much greater, but you have to learn how to sell. And it, I mean, okay. When I say sell, like even to me right now, I'm like, eh, sell, but everything you just said is like, uh, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be salesy quote on I'm, I'm using air quote salesy. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be like, this is what I can do for you. Are you in or are you out? And actually, I feel like we've been sold a whole lot of bullshit about what we need to do to get people to buy from us. So I'm, as I told you, I'm in this like season of reinvention and just really questioning all my beliefs. Right. And we all know that like content is king. And I know we're recording a podcast and we talk about this, but really this idea that like, we have to warm the people up and we have to give them all the information that they need to make a buying decision. And all this other stuff has created like this space. I see in entrepreneurs, they get so caught up and like, I gotta have the content. I gotta be on TikTok and I gotta do the reels and I gotta do the things and and like, nobody's actually selling anything because they're too busy trying to figure out how to create content where I really think that 
you know, today's consumer is smart and savvy and has access to plenty of information. So I'm not going to insult their intelligence by like jumping through all the hoops. So we actually, in the last 45 days, have completely pared back our content strategy to like really foundational, simple things where somebody's like, ooh, be in the room. This is interesting. They can go read our blog. They can visit our website. They can join our Facebook group. We're launching a, a weekly live show. We're going to do like panels and stuff with our members. And like, that's it. I refuse to jump through hoops because somebody on the internet said that I have to like be on this content hamster wheel. I think it was Gary Vee. God love him on this content hamster wheel to run a successful business. And I'm just done with all of that. Like, let's stop insulting people and like, gotta walk them through this process and massage them and walk them through this fire. What? Stop it. Like, here's the thing. It'll help you get a result. Do you want it? No? Cool. Well, I'm so glad we're friends. If you ever need anything, let me know. And we just move on. There are billions of people on this planet. Most of them we can access for free without leaving our house. Like just yeah. stop. I, I love how you frame that too, because I've had that same kind of shift that you're having where I'm like, why do I have to create a freebie, like a downloadable, like go listen to my fucking podcast. Yeah. This, this podcast, this should give you so many good nuggets about sales, about how you can sell or share your service or what you have to offer or passionately talk about the thing that you can do to help transform people's lives. Th this is a piece of content. Yeah. People like Gary Vee, I, when you're like, I love him, I'm like, I do too. I love him. He helps transform people's mindsets to show them what's possible, but he also has backing of millions of dollars in a team that can literally just record him on a zoom call mm -hmm. and slice that up into 40 pieces of content and put it on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere. That's not realistic for the average entrepreneur that's starting out. Even the thought leader who is just now scaling their company, right. like it is not tangible and feasible. So what Ryan just said about like, I have a Facebook group. I my podcast, I have my Instagram con like whatever I already have that I'm putting out for free. That's your free shit. And right. if you want to take it to the next level, you are welcome. But if not, we're still best friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, I'm in also this season of business where just like deciding I don't want to be a personal brand anymore. I want to have a personal brand. I don't want the personal brand to be the company because how does the company ever run without me if I'm the personal brand, right? So let's think about Gary Vee, right? Like ask like random Joe Blow, like what Gary Vee does. They have no idea. You listening right now might not know. Do you know what Gary does? He's like ownership of a bunch of different company and he runs a media company, but you don't know that by his content. Like his personal brand is lead generation and to sell books, right? It's not not his, his, and his content has changed re recently too, which I'm digging. But I think that this whole personal brand business model, again, was wildly successful over the past two to three years. But people are thinking like, oh shit, how do I go spend that month in Bali that I was promised when I became an entrepreneur? Because the business can't run without me because I am the business, right? So that's really where I'm in a space. Where like, I want to have a personal brand. I'm going to write books. I'm going to speak on stages. I'm going to keynote at like company sales conferences. And I'm going to run a company called Be In The Room. And those two things are going to be mutually exclusive. Think of like Sarah Blakely and Spanx right? Like when the average person buys Spanx, they have no idea who owned the company or what was it? Jamie Lee Kern and it cosmetics, right? Like the people bought the foundation or whatever it was she was selling the CC cream, not her. She became a brand later, right? We've done it the other way around most of us in online entrepreneurship. So I'm also kind of questioning that too, where I want be in the room to be its own entity that I can eventually hire a president for to run it. And then I can go gallivant around the world and speak and write books and do all the things, but the company doesn't need my face to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a really great way to frame it. Cause I mean, 
full transparency, I was on a podcast, my first podcast of today, we we're talking about building your personal brand to be multi-passionate, but I love this different perspective that we're bringing into it of like, if you want to build your brand and then eventually sell it for millions of dollars, how are you going to do it if you're the face of it? Right, exactly. No, we all need a personal brand. Like you have a personal brand, whether you're intentionally creating it or not. I'm not anti the personal brand. Mm-hmm. I am anti building my company based on my personal brand because then yeah. it can never run without me. Those are two different things. So I'm not anti-personal brand. I'm not anti having a podcast and having an opinion and all the things. You just need a company if that's your jam. But if you're like, you know what? I love, this is my favorite thing about the world that we live in right now. If you love being the personal brand and it feels good to you and you like it and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to run this business until I'm tired of, you know, recording this podcast and then I'm going to shut it down and I'm just going to invest well. So I don't have to worry about like, that's so cool. You can do that. But I think nobody's asking those questions or nobody asked me that question at the beginning of my journey, right? Like, what do you, where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? It was like, here's the blueprint to make money. And I didn't have enough awareness at the time to ask those questions. Yeah. I mean, that's such an important question to ask. Like, I honestly feel like a lot of times in entrepreneurship, we spend so much time looking right or left and like seeing what other people are doing and trying to normalize the the things that we are intuitively feeling and the things that we like want to do, but then we look right or left and go, ah, well, they're not doing it. So maybe it doesn't feel like maybe I shouldn't do it. But that's like your intuition, your thought leadership going and driving you. But also my, my point to that is I think it's it's time as a collective, we take a step back and think, what the fuck do I want? Like, yep. what do I want in life? Where do I want this brand to go? How do I want it to look? How do I want it to feel? So something that I've recently started doing is I, I have Zoom fatigue. I'll only get on Zoom for phone calls or podcast recordings like this. But when I'm on my one-on-one client calls, I'm on a walk and you're in my AirPods. Yeah. So I, I just physically... I'm having such a hard time being chained to my computer, but what I've heard from my clients is that it is better for them because they can multitask and we're so busy and there's so much pressure on us as entrepreneurs and leaders and just women in general to like have the house clean and have the kids fed and change and, you know, do all of the things. So I'm like, well, let's make it easier. Let's do the things we want to do. Let's get on a phone call, do our coaching call while we're exercising or while you're taking a shit or while you're changing your kid's diapers or while you're writing a piece of content. Like, why can't we do it all simultaneously? Because that's what I would do anyway. Every time I get on my mastermind call, I'm like doing work. Right. Not that I don't like you, not that I'm not listening, but like, I think we're just in this phase of life now where we are kind of forced to multitask. And I thrive better under simultaneous pressure. Sure. (laughs) Well, I do. So I do all my team. I do most of my calls via Zoom, but I do all of my team one-on-ones via the phone for that same reason, because we do them on Monday morning. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if you're dressed. I don't care if you're ready. I don't care if your kids are still at your feet. Like, I don't care. So they know that typically for me, I'm in my, like Monday morning, I usually do my laundry. My husband does like all the family laundry over the weekend. And then on Monday I do mine. So I'm normally like folding clothes or like putting my life together after the weekend, wiping down countertops, putting away clothes, all the shit that didn't get done over the weekend. Cause I have two small children and life is crazy, but I do that intentionally for them. So they can show up how and when they need to show up and they don't have to rush into like, okay, well, I've got a one-on-one on Monday morning. I'm, I'm like, we're going to do it on Monday morning because clients don't want to talk to us on Monday morning. But do it how you want to do it. And, and I do that a lot. Like I'll throw my phone in the pot. I'm like, are you cool if we walk while I, while I walk while we have this conversation? And I've done so many meetings like that. And I go back and forth. Sometimes I like to see people's faces, but I totally get that where it's just like, yeah, if you need to be doing something else, you know, chopping vegetables, doing your meal prep for the week while we have this conversation, like game on, do that. 
Right. I, I feel like we honestly, I feel like in general over the, with this boom of the great resignation and people really diving into entrepreneurship and like testing the waters with what this online world feels like, I feel like we need to get to a point where it's like, what works for us? Yep. And so what you just said, that works for you. What works for me with my client calls is one-on-one walks. Like, I feel like we have just spent so much time looking right or left and seeing like, okay, this is normal. Like, oh, a six week group coaching calls normal or, oh, having a membership or oh doing this is normal but like what feels right to you same with sales too like what feels right to you the number of people so again I don't play in this space anymore but my mentor and former business partner was the founder of the live launch method and so obviously I live launched my face off it made me a shit ton of money it was a magical tool for me other people hated it but I kept watching them trying to fit themselves into this box because that was the way they were told to, you have to do it. You have to do it this way. And like, oh, it's so energetically draining. Or, I really hate it. Or I don't know what to teach in my content and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, then why are you doing it? And they're like, well, she said, and I'm like, well, yeah. And he said something else. Like, why are you doing something you don't enjoy? I come from a corporate training background, standing on my feet for, you know, 40 hours, you know, leading a training for an entire company was what I did for a living. So I can give you eight hours on zoom over the course of 10 days and still, you know, still feel like I'm winning. So for me, launching, felt great. But for somebody else who's never had to do that before, like that's terrible for them. Yeah. It's this idea that, well, that's, that's the only way to be successful. And I think that's, what's so magical about the world that we live in right now is there are bajillions of ways to be successful. It's exactly what you said. You have to listen to your tuition, intuition and to trust yourself and keep your blinders on. And instead of looking left and being like, Ooh, Alexi does her calls while she walks. I don't do my calls. Are my, are my clients disappointed because I, they have, maybe I should, you know, like I can hear you guys thinking like right now, like right now you're like, Oh, shit, should I do that? I mean, that's not the, that's not the question. The question is what do I want to do? What kind of business do I want to have? How can I best serve my clients? Period. Period. That's it. How do I best serve them? And what does that look like for me? Not Susie, not my mentor, not the chick that I religiously follow on Instagram or watch her stories the second they pop up. What works for me? And if that's sitting on Zoom and having dedicated hours, then so be it. If that's meeting your clients in person, then so be it. If that's doing phone calls, then so be it. If that's doing one call a month, then so be it. Right. Because it works for you. Amen. Oh, this was so, okay. I love this podcast. This was so fun. I feel like, I feel like this was so much value for the listener. So if you got value out of this, please let us know. Like we love to hear who's listening, who got value out of this. So please send Ryan or I a DM, but Ryan, for the people who heard you and are like, okay, I'm going to step up my sales game. Where can they find you and how can they work with you? Absolutely. So I actually wrote a book. It's called the hundred K sales method. You can go to 100ksalesbook.com to find it on Amazon. So sales is your jam. If community, entrepreneurship, leadership, and other smart, badass women are your jam, um, Be In The Room is the best space for you. We have a Facebook group called Be In The Room, and you can follow us on Instagram at Be In The Room Official, or visit us online at beintheroom.org. Ooh, and you'll see me in the room. Because <laughs> I'm getting in that room, okay? Well, Ryan, thank you so much for jumping on this podcast. This was seriously so much fun, and I cannot wait to see what the listeners think of this because holy smokes, there was so much value in this. Awesome. Thanks, Lexi. So fun. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us in the lounge today. Don't forget to share some love in the reviews, connect with us on social media and subscribe so you never miss a beat. And can you do me one last favor? Send me a DM on Instagram so I can say, hey, I would love to get to know you more. Until next Tuesday, we'll see you then.